we have a really hard time as human beings controlling our emotions when our brains are in all these different spaces. The ability to do that goes down. The more inputs you have coming in and you're still doing something else in your head and it just blows all that communication apart. Welcome back to the Investing with Purpose podcast where we explore the intersection of success and significance. We discuss alternative investment options from our experience buying hundreds of millions of dollars worth of real estate, but most importantly, how we're using that business to impact people in a positive way to leave a legacy that matters. Let's get after it. Listening without judgment. So I love using AI right now. I think it's incredible how it learns from just the things that I ask it. And um, obviously you have to take it all with a grain of salt, but Jocko talks about, uh, I'm sorry, Chris Voss talks about active listening in never split the difference. And that's like one of the first things as a hostage negotiator you have to do. So you can really correlate active listening and listening without judgment as the same thing. It's effectively the same principle. Active listening is trying to understand things from the counterpart's point of view, not inserting your own lens and perspective into it, not saying things like, I understand, but saying things like, that sounds difficult for you. These little nuances in language create openness or closed offness in whoever we're talking to. Work on this at home with your spouse. I mean, whoever you're around, like this is easy stuff to think about, but we get so caught up in our own brain spinning a million miles an hour that we don't do a good job of it. So now, like when somebody comes in my office or my wife says, hey, can we chat for a second? I'm, I'm trying to constantly remind myself, listen without judgment. And it's not because I think I'm inherently judgmental, which we are. It's that I've never recognized how judgmental we are until I try to listen without judgment, meaning I'm always trying to solve somebody else's problem. I'm always trying to see it from my perspective so that I can find the solution instead of just empathizing, instead of just hearing what they have to say and letting that conversation just breathe. So active listening, if you go back to the Never Split the Difference book and read the active listening stuff, that's very much listening without judgment. So to listen without judgment, it involves fully focused attention on the person that's speaking. You don't interrupt. You don't form a response in your brain. It's also helpful to try to understand the other person's perspective and to avoid making assumptions or jumping to conclusions. Additionally, try to approach the conversation open-minded and with an attitude of curiosity versus judgment. I think the curiosity piece is really big for me. I'm by nature a curious person. So if I can switch my brain from problem solving to curiosity, it changes the entire dynamic of that conversation. And what I really appreciated about it is you can't be curious and form responses in your head at the same time. Your brain can't necessarily do those two things at the same time. So if you're thinking about maybe the next question you're going to ask so you can go a level deeper or a level deeper then you really start to get to a level of communication that becomes really honest and nothing is left out. You know, what Tom was saying a few times was he'd be asking questions to somebody that screwed up on the battlefield and they'd come back and they'd be like, so this is what happened. And he'd go, okay, 
So it was always like, what's the next step? And like, so is probably not the best way for us to approach each other, but on the battlefield with SEALs, I'm sure that they hear the word so, and we can think about it as saying, what else? You know, your wife comes home and is distraught about something. It's like, well, that sounds like you feel this way. And then they continue to talk and it's like, well, what else? What else is there? Right. And they just keep getting more deeper, more honest, more vulnerable to the situation so that you can actually hear all the things that are going on. Now take this principle and apply it to everything that we do. Assuming that somebody understands is judgment. Assuming that people aren't asking certain questions because they feel a certain way about it is judgment. So if we're really communicating to clarify that stuff and we get to the place of real understanding internally and externally, especially externally, I think we do a really good job communicating inside the team. We can always be better. And I think this will really help, but externally, especially, you know, when you start talking at people and they start talking back at you, a ton of information is missed and it just breeds frustration, right? We all know that frustration and stress is the inverse between clarity and, or there's a inverse relationship between clarity and stress. So all this does is get you to the highest level of clarity that you can with all of the counterparts that we're talking to. So it reduces all of the stress to the place, to the minimum place that it could be. And the next stage is communicating without drama, right? So we're, we're listening without judgment in all these situations. This is especially difficult with my kids right now because I have the answer. The thing is, is that we treat a lot of our conversational counterparts the same way we do as our kids. We stop listening halfway through because we already have the answer and then they don't feel heard. And when we give answers that are incomplete based on information that's incomplete. So communicating without drama is next. What's that mean? How are we taking the emotion out of it and just communicating facts? Not like a robot. We still want relationship. But if we're listening without judgment and we don't have a judgment made yet, then our communication backwards isn't going to have any emotional tie to it. I'm not going to be frustrated. I'm not going to be angry. I'm listening without judgment. I have no judgments made. And then I may be asking more questions or I'm giving direction as to, okay, so we found out this. What about this? We found this information out. How are we going to address that? It becomes very unemotional. And probably next month's training will be all about what emotions are and how they serve us and how they don't serve us. Very few times in life are your emotions serving you in a way that's beneficial to the communication that you're having. Because, and that's what drama means, by the way. So the communication without drama doesn't mean like the whole woe is me thing. It's literally when you're pointing the finger at somebody else. It's when you're gossiping. It's when you're assuming that this person is doing something because they're lazy or it affects you negatively or any number of things. So if we're listening without judgment, then we can communicate without drama. And without drama just simply means logically focused on facts, not focused on the emotion. And then you get real clarity. And that clarity will kind of create the next task. 
and you'll both be on the same page. So <clears throat> communicating without drama, it's not a very long like lesson, but it's difficult to do. I mean, just think about the last conversation you've had. Were you able to communicate without putting your own judgments into that communication and not making it more dramatic than it had to be? So difficult. Tom's like, most people will never get here. Most people won't get past step one, but I think we can. Now, if we can be leaders in the positions that we're at, train others externally how to do this, then all of our relationships will get much deeper and much easier to, you know, if we can do this with property managers, if we can do this with sponsors, if we can do this with, you know, lenders, I mean, with clients, then we can really just focus on the solutions together and what the task is at hand and get to a place of, okay, now we can solve this versus, well, look at what so-and-so did. This this blew up because they didn't follow this process map. And okay, so what's next? What else? That stuff's going to happen, right? But we don't have time to be able to point fingers and to be able to say, hey, let's let's communicate with drama because now we have to deal with the emotions and the drama and then we can find the real solution. Exhausting. It's exhausting. It's without fail that you guys figured out how to open doors. Smart humans. They are smart. They got, yes. they got thumbs. Where's your mom? <laughs> Please go ask mommy for the help that you are coming to ask me for. Okay, I'm on a meeting. Please go to mommy. Love you. Emotion control. <laughs> Listening. It's not easy. <laughs> Listening without uh, <laughs> questions, thoughts on those first two. Listening without judgment, communicating without drama. Like where you think? What do you? I feel think? like there's there's like a responsibility of actually stepping back and and putting yourself in that thirty thousand foot view in the conversation, right? Because you're not only. <clears throat> conversing with another human, but you're also trying to make sure that you're in control of your own emotions, right? Which is a whole nother level of responsibility that if you're not used to doing that, that's a difficult thing. And I believe that starts with managing your thoughts, right? Being able to manage your own internal conversation, right? Then you can start to apply that externally. For me, that was the struggle. You know, I mean, that's been years of a struggle of making sure that my mindset is right. And that's due to the internal conversation that I have with myself. Once I got better at that, I could do the things that you're talking about a lot easier because I had a self-governance, right? There, I was governing my responses externally because I had the skill set to be able to manage my own responses to myself. And I just think that's helpful to recognize when you guys are going through this stuff, I think you can do it with yourself, practice there, and then it'll get easier externally. If that makes sense. It does. I think there's a self-reflection you got to have, right? You got to be able to reflect on how you respond to things, how you act on things. And once you can control that, then you can start managing the conversations with other people more effectively as well. Um, More present. Right. I find, you know, with Stephen, what you said with number one, I, my wife will come in and say something like, I don't know. It's really windy outside. And I'm like, 
I don't know what you want me to do with that information. I can't solve the problem. I can't solve the weather, right? Like I, she's not asking for, she's not she's, asking for a solution. No solution. I immediately, yeah. I'm like, I can't help you with that. <laughs> and so she's just trying to have a conversation. I'm pushing her away because I'm responding in a very like, I am not the all powerful <laughs> weather controller, right? And acting like as, as though she wants me to solve a problem for her. So, and I'm very aware of that. I have to be more open and less judgmental as to why she's coming to me with that information. She's just trying to have a conversation with me, <laughs> nothing more. <laughs> so, and with, without, without judgment, right? Yeah. From my perspective of listening to what you just said, I'm not judging, but I'm also thinking like, okay, where was your mind before she walked in the door? Right. Exactly. Yep. could have been in a moment where I was just like hyper-focused on something and she pulled me away. <laughs> and I just want to get it, get it, get that over with so I can get back to whatever I was doing. Exactly. And yeah. <laughs> so I, it, re, it definitely resonates with me. Everything you're saying, Stephen. Yeah, same. Um, it, I, I agree completely with what Travis just said too, especially when you're not used to, like you said, like if you've been so used to internally communicating with yourself a certain way, then it's like hard to to step away from that. So you have to take control of that first. And I think it's a work in progress for sure. Like as long as you're recognizing it and then trying to be better, I think like for me as a parent, I think that if I can be a better communicator and listener, active listener with my kids, then it'll be so easy with adults. Cause I think, I think that active listening to our children is it calls for humility and it calls for like really getting down to their level and realizing like, Hey, they have feelings too. Like something, like something's going on inside of them to, to make them have this temper tantrum. It's not because they are being bad. It's not because they want to drive us crazy. It's because they're feeling a certain way. So I feel like if I like it, that's, that's what I'm thinking about this whole time. Obviously I need to apply it to every area, but I can practice every single day with my kids. And if I'm practicing daily by moment, then it'll be easier with my spouse and outside Mm -hmm. with work and everything. Yeah, it's a good proving ground because we are inherently above them in the hierarchy. So position, like the, the position in the family doesn't dictate necessarily how patient we are or how well we're listening to them. But if you can get good at that, you have to slow down too to listen to your kids. Like mm-hmm. when they complete half a sentence and you know everything else, we shut off. But if you sit and you look at them in the eyes and you put your phone down, like this is the great example inside of the house. One-on-one with a kid is easy. Like for me, I can sit and listen. And if it's just Cadence and I talking, no problem. You add numbers two and three into the room, like it starts to get a little off the rails. <laughs> you know, so Chris, when your wife comes in, it's like, oh, it's super windy out and you're in the middle of something else and you get frustrated and we have that conversation of like, yeah, and what am I supposed to do? Like, yeah. now Grace will come in and she'll be like, you know, she'll just either start talking or what, what she's gotten really good at is walking in and saying, hey, do you have a minute? Right. And if I mm-hmm. say no, then it's no we'll schedule a time later to have the conversation or she'll pop in. And if she doesn't do that, 
I'll just say, I'll close everything I have and be like, okay, I got five minutes. 100% attention. Right. You know, because I, we have a really hard time as human beings controlling our emotions when our brains are in all these different spaces, right? Mm-hmm. You're, the ability to do that goes down. The more inputs you have coming in and you're still doing something else in your head and it just kind of blows all that communication apart. So again, this comes back to the communication, like even being able to agree with your spouse that you're going to listen without judgment when you say, I need you to leave the room. Inherently, that's there's nothing negative about that statement. How we feel about it is what creates the negativity. Words in yeah, words in themselves don't have power. It's our application and perception of those words emotionally that give them that power. So, I mean, if if somebody came in your house and you said, Hey, can you leave the room? You can see the scenarios where that's like not a big deal, and you can see the scenarios where the world is crashing, but it's the same sentence. Mm, But if if we can have that agreement in our marriage that we're going to listen without judgment on everything, you know, and this is kind of the funniest thing about like Grace and I were having this conversation the other day. And I said, Mm. you know, so we went through two days of this kind of training, just regurgitating the information that I heard from the seal. And he, in his training, he asks um, spouses, like he went through his own training. I think he talked a little bit about it in the podcast that I put in there, but the guy goes, is there anything in your marriage that you haven't told your spouse that you're worried would end your marriage? Hmm. Softball question, right? And now we're listening without judgment so they can say everything <laughs> like it's a safe space. Now what's going to happen? So Grace and I love that stuff. So we went down the rabbit hole and she was, she was very gentle about it. And she was just like, I think you chew really loud. <laughs> that was the worst thing she came up with. That was the worst thing she that, came up with. That's amazing. Good job, and, Steven. And I was like, <laughs> that's interesting. <laughs> it's loud in my head. <laughs> I like, but I just thought it was because it's in my head. Like you ever listen to yourself on a podcast or listen to yourself recorded. And you're like, that's not what I sound like. Right. I just figured it changed. I just figured it changed because it was in my face. <laughs> now, is there anything I can do about that? I don't know. But I'll tell you, guarantee you 10 years ago, I would have reacted very poorly to this information because I feel like that would have been a personal attack on my character. And I would have been like, what? Like, yeah. And it would have been an argument of some sort instead of just getting to a place of going, you know listening without judgment. I mean, all the way down to, I left the front door open or, you know, whatever it is. And like, just having no emotional response to it. It's just like, that is a thing that happened. Pure and simple. It has nothing to do with you as the other person. Like, I'm sure that your spouses aren't doing these things just to rile you up. But we take it that way. <laughs> right? Yeah, maybe Chris. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> That's a different discussion, right? If it, if that is the case, right? Then but, and then discussion. and then that can be the real discussion. Okay, right. hey, we're gonna listen to why you might be doing this on purpose, right? So that we mm-hmm. can communicate better. So anyway, listening without judgment. I mean, just all these conversations and where they can go is amazing. Um And then number three, verify and clarify. So, you know, Travis and I actually had this conversation with just kind of some of the trainings that we've done. And, you know, we have newer people that 
you know, we say something in a unidirectional way, but we don't get clarification. And that is how we know that somebody's understood what we've said. Like I've even started doing it with my kids now. It's like, hey, go do this. And then they'll turn around and go, stop. What did I just say? And I say, this is what I'm going to go do. And, you know, it's usually about 80% of it. And I'm like, nope, that's not all we talked about. (laughs) Yeah. But it gives me good recognition too, that like people start to hear direction and then they stop once they think they got it. So that other piece of information isn't, if we don't verify it, it's not clarified. So we don't, and then they come back and it's like 70% done. We're like, what what is this? Hmm. Well, I only heard 70% of it. So whose fault is that? Both of ours, right? Nobody's. Everybody's. I was say, we can we can write things down too in an attempt to get the kids at least to follow all the things. Well, and I it's mean, just, I mean, I have a printout above the kids' beds or at the bathrooms of like, here's the five things you need to do. Do you know how many times I go up there and they've done all five things? It's never happened. Zero point zero. Same. <laughs> Every day I have to say. There's a checklist here, people. just follow the checklist and i'll be happy all the time (laughs) and then isaiah will like be like why are you why do you have to say it again i'm like why didn't you do it it's literally (laughs) fifth grade you can read perfectly you see it i don't want to say it i'm knowing myself just like you're i'm knowing (laughs) well and that that leads to another point that uh tom made he was like you know the reason that people don't follow through with what they know that they're supposed to do are usually three or four reasons pain lack of support and they think this is stupid i forget what the fourth one is trav if you yeah i'm trying to remember actually i think i've ever written that you do so it's like why didn't i go to the gym this morning pain lack of support this is stupid or Travis will tell us in a second. Uh, I forgot. Oh yeah, I forgot is the other excuse. Right. So these are the excuses as, but they're only it always is the same four excuses that it comes down to. So what do we need to do as you know playing the role? It's probably making sure that we're over giving and serving in the support section. So you know when my kids will do that stuff when I'm in the room and all I have to do is go, did you do everything? And then they should double check. I, I know that they're not doing, I know that the girls aren't brushing their hair just because they want to make me upset. Like they probably forgot there's pain because there's not, they feel like I'm not supporting them. Right. Or they think it's stupid. It could be one of those things. It could be all of those things at the same time. So how do we, as trying to be masters of our own communication destiny, manage that stuff? Clarify and verify is a really, really strong place to start because it just gets everybody on the same page. It takes two minutes longer and it probably saves us years <laughs> in frustration. Yeah, think about like when somebody starts to ask you to do something, right? All the thoughts that start to go on in your mind, right? It's like, when am I gonna do that? How do I approach it? What is gonna be the process to be able to complete that? Well, who do I need to talk to to complete it? And then they're also talking about the next thing that needs to get done and you have not heard a word. I do it all the time. And that's why the fourth step is create the action. Before you get to that, I want to jump in. Yeah, please. Relevant to the first three is I think that we have the tools in place to effectively communicate um, factually this stuff. And and because it needs to be a two-way street, it for internal conversations. I mean, mm-hmm. if we're dealing with external people, it, we can do this 
regardless of their response. But internally, our company won't function if it's not a two-way street where we're both two people listening without judgment and two people communicating without drama. So um, we have issues lists. We have meeting agendas to put this stuff on. And I can't encourage you guys enough to use those. I think they're underutilized. I don't think people put on the issues that they're running into. You know, once in a while we do. Some people... Some people do more than others. Um, and I'm talking about everybody, me included. Like, we could do better to identify, you know, hey, I tried to talk to you. Uh, I don't know if you heard me. This is just a factual statement. I don't know if that got through to you. Did it land? Yeah. Mm. You know what I mean? Or, okay, I asked you these questions. You didn't answer them. But I think that's, you know, I mean, tell me you don't need to answer them. Just communicate that without drama. It's a fact. Those questions don't need to be answered. Okay, move on. Or because because it leaves those open loops if you don't right so if you don't answer questions people don't know mm-hmm. if they were heard you know? um, yeah. clarify and verify is a huge part of using those tools to to accomplish all that and bring things up repeatedly if you brought up an issue and it didn't get you don't feel that it's resolved it, but it's in the done column move it back and uncheck it or create yep. it again because it needs to be resolved and that's why those tools exist yeah. mm-hmm. and, and check and, yourself and, right and, emotionally make sure that you're not getting bent out of shape because you think somebody's doing something to spite you or is trying to make your job harder yeah just we're all on the same team we're trying to row in the same direction you don't know what anybody else's day look like so important to be able to say i'm going to revisit this because you know, maybe once isn't enough sometimes. And if we're not judging the why, and that this is where we really go down rabbit holes in our own heads. This is where you really can screw yourself up with emotions is where you start making assumptions as to why somebody else didn't do or didn't respond or didn't whatever, you know, fill in the blank. Why somebody else didn't is already a judgment. Mm. So ask Hey, I sent you this boxer three days ago. I haven't heard back. Oh, I missed it. Fine. Let's revisit it now. Pretty simple stuff, right? Internally, Sean's right. We have these tools that are underutilized. And I'll tell you, it goes back to just calendaring. Do you have five minutes in in calendar at the end of every day to make sure that things are getting put where they need to put to make sure that the actions are there or whenever you want to put it in there? I don't care when you want to do it, but you know, It'll make everybody's lives easier when we're communicating in that, in the functions that we have set up, in the processes that we have set up, in a way that just creates so much more clarity. And there's no question, right? If it's like, we don't have to clarify and verify if it's right here in bulleted points. Hmm. So, yeah, great point. Such such management. My life has really changed since I've looked at circum life is circumstantial right so we're dealing with everybody around us constantly and even when you're driving say and my ego used to get the bat the best of me so bad in a car like that that was my hardest spot to control my ego right and i started looking at it from a circumstance of if there's somebody tailgating me i used to slow down and i used to mess with them Right. That used to be my thing. And I used to 
throw the washing fluid on <laughs> as soon as they would hit the windshield i'd break check them and you know it'd freak them out <laughs> so they'd back off right and all that stuff was just all ego right so how do i know that that person behind me is not trying to get to the hospital to be with their mother for the last second of their life and i just held them up from it right so it you know switching that probably not right likely not but who knows Maybe. right but if if i look at it from a circumstantial point in that that point of view to everything that i don't understand what that person's going through and i need to give them grace it completely changes my the way i feel now i feel good i just pull over and let them go my life has not changed any go around <laughs> just go around <laughs> But that has to do with everything. If somebody's not calling you back, am I going to assume the worst? Or am I going to assume a circumstance that that justifies them not responding to me that changes the way that I feel about that person? You know what I'm saying? Like that that's a hard thing to do, but it, it it's a it's a rhythm and a habit you can create in 21 days. So you can you can do that. And it's changed my life on a ton of fronts because I apply it to everything. Yeah. Yeah, my assumption whenever I communicate with anybody on this team is that you are doing something to try to make this company bigger and better. Amen. Always. That is the lens in which I view everything through because it's my lens. Now, whatever lens you view the communication with everybody else through, right? Recognize that that's your lens. And that's what listening without judgment is, is to take the lenses away and just hear the facts. So, and it's not to say that emotions aren't uh, useful. They are in certain circumstances. They also mm -hmm. are fight or flight. Is it the amygdala that's fight or flight? Like, yes, uh, it was great when we were getting chased by bears and tigers. It also wants to move us completely from pain and struggle. And it rears its ugly head sometimes in situations it's not warranted or needed. The best way to continue to make that voice smaller is to keep putting yourself in those positions, right? Mm -hmm. That what do they call it? exposure therapy is exactly that scared of heights strap you to a rock wall let's go outside and look over a ledge you know maybe not day one but you work up to something like that but it's exposure mm -hmm. therapy and then you actually get to a place where it's not crippling fear same thing i mean most of our communication is based on self-preservation which is based on fear fear of what i don't know let's talk about it and we can listen without judgment <laughs> so we can <laughs> talk about it. So, <clears throat> all right, we're, we're wrapping it up. Number four, uh, create the action. So after we can listen without judgment, communicate without drama, clarify and verify, then we know that the last step is, okay, we're going to put the task in Asana, or we're going to go do this, whatever the task is. Um, and yeah, this feels like it'll take a little bit longer up front, and it should. But we'll be crystal clear on what the expectations are with our counterpart, whoever that is. And the the reason that we listen without judgment first, or we actively listen, is to get that person to a place where they feel hurt. And I don't care who you are, the number one thing in relationship is feeling like you're hurt. It's why our name is the most, what do they call it? It's like the, you know, it's our favorite sound, our favorite word to hear is our own name. Now I've seen salespeople overuse this 
and they use my name like 30 times in the first minute. And I don't know if they're trying to remember my name or really trying to make them feel like they're building a relationship, but you know, we are by nature self-preservationists. So if we're listening without judgment for the other person and they feel heard, they, they feel like we don't even have to understand. They just feel heard. Like you don't ever have to say, I agree. I disagree. I understand. Like just label those things. Like, Oh, I had this crazy weekend. Right. I got on this morning and it's like, ah, I four o'clock throw up in the bed morning. Awesome. And you know, the first, (laughs) the first um, reaction is to empathize in a way that makes you sound like you understand versus saying, that sounds awful. That sounds awful is feeling heard like that. And then we want to initially make the connection of, Hey, I've felt this thing too. Oftentimes we're pretty bad at it, right? Where we try to connect a dot to create relationship from somewhere else in our lives, because that's our lens. Those two things are missing each other. That person doesn't feel heard. They feel judged. Mm -hmm. So once we get through the first three steps and you're creating the action, everybody's agreement on the action, and then you go out and execute. I feel like it's it's difficult stuff to do. And it takes a minute because you have to really control your own self before you get involved in the conversation. It's not normal anymore. We don't sit on park benches and look at each other and talk anymore. We have distractions like crazy or it's commonplace now to look at something else while somebody's talking to you is to be different in this area and to make sure that you're using the focus button on the phone or you're closing the laptop or whatever, and just look somebody in the eyes, actively listen to what they're saying without judgment, without coming up with your response. So I'll circle back to this. What I said with to chat GP, GPT this morning was, so explain and what I read before was how to listen without judgment and just a couple points. And then I said, explain this in the way of Hemingway's editor in fifth grade. That's creative. Listen good. Don't judge. Hear the words. Don't talk. Think about what they say, not what you are going to say next. Be curious. Be nice. Be a good editor and make the story better by listening. Is what it came up with. Well, that's part it's cool. Yeah. Huh. Cool. Helpful? Deep. <laughs> it's all good, but it's all biblical wisdom, right? It's all stuff that without putting it into action is worthless. So let's encourage each other as we do this together. Um, it'll help in every aspect of life. I'm, I'm sure of it. It's amazing to me that we spent three hours with a Navy SEAL talking about this stuff when he had 23 years of war stories behind him. And this is what he focused on as being the most important thing that he imparts to people. It's pretty heavy. There's an answer. You're going to feel better about yourself when you can effectively communicate with other people, you know, and we're all trying to feel better about ourselves all the time because, you know, there's frustrating moments that we have throughout the day or throughout the week or whatever. So this is one area that we can actually control. Yeah. It's good. What really stuck out, like a key takeaway when you use that word open-mindedness, like instead of, I always looked at that as like being open to the other person's perspective, but like open, like clear-mindedness, like your mind is open. You've 
created that space to really just like we meditate on the word, like to meditate on the words of the person in front of us, to chew on those words, to really, you know, ingrain it. So that was really impactful. Yeah, the open, open-mindedness in conversation. I feel like you're particularly good at that already, Celia. So I, uh, I, you know, we're all trying to catch up to you. I feel <laughs> you're very like, good at <laughs> those things and being open-minded and listening and that type of stuff. Thank you for that. But the judgment aspect makes sense as well, because like wanting to come up with that solution and I've done it with all of you and like my husband and everyone else. And I'm always like, is this to event? I say this to Dan all the time. Is this to event or is this like to come up with a solution? And when he's talking, yeah, like, I, I want to have that solution, but you're right. Like the other person isn't being heard because it's like, well, not like, oh, you should do this. Like, oh, have you, have you tried this before? But that's still, that's judging. And that's why that makes mm-hmm. sense to why I often ask that question. Cause it almost doesn't seem right or feel right. Yeah. I try to verbally ask, like, what do you think? Right. Like I catch myself saying that a lot. Like, what do you think? Cause I, I want to know if you have a solution to the issue that we're having or what your solution is to what I'm thinking the solution is so we can collaborate and come up with a better solution, right? And unsolicited advice isn't warranted, right? So if somebody's not asking what you think, right? It's usually they're there to vent. (laughs) So start there. And then if somebody asks me what I think, then I'll give my opinion, but you still, you need all the information and Listening without judgment will get you to that place to where you can come up with probably a solution that would be helpful. That's really good. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Investing with Purpose podcast. If you're finding value, would you leave us a review and share this with your friends? And go to investingwithpurpose.org to learn more about how to partner with us and to learn more about the nonprofits that we support around the world.